Welcome to Productive Flow, where we answer the eternal question, why can't I get myself to do the things I know I should be doing? If you want natural productive flow and higher levels of success without all that struggle and self-judgment, this podcast is for you. Now, let's jump in. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Productive Flow. And today we have with us Kelly Dobb. Now, I have been very impressed with the work that Kelly is doing in the world. And um, I will let her tell you all about it because she's going to say it best. And I'm really excited about this conversation that we're going to have today. So Kelly, thank you so much and welcome to Productive Flow. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and talk to you about everything um, highly sensitive. Yeah, that's exciting. So tell me about your business and about um, that highly sensitive aspect of it. Yeah. So um, um, my business is called The Highly Sensitive CEO. I help highly sensitive um, entrepreneurs reset their business so that they can reclaim their peace. Um, This often is when people learn that they're highly sensitive and then they realize that the business that they've designed or the things they've created don't really align or honor their sensitivities. And so they got to make some major life changes and business changes in order to like have the peace and prosperity and success that they actually wanted in their business. And that's what I do. Yeah. So, okay. So I love that. So tell me how you came across with this. Um, like, how did you recognize that you were highly sensitive and what does that tell us more about what that means for people who are listening and they're maybe like, well, what does that mean? Does it mean like, you know, somebody might be thinking in terms of like emotion and thinking, Oh, and I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I was told as a kid that I was too sensitive and that I didn't have thick enough skin, that sort of thing. And that's not necessarily what we're talking about, although it could kind of go in that direction. It is. Um, yeah. So tell me, tell me, tell us about that. Yeah. So a highly sensitive person is a personality trait that was um, outlined by a psychologist named Elaine Aaron. She spent her entire life um, on this work. Uh, The actual name in the psychology field and psychiatry field is sensory processing sensitivity um, or SPS or highly sensitive person can also be known as HSP, which you might hear me say a lot. That's where HS CEO comes from. Um, So you'll hear that term a lot. HSP, it is interchangeable with SPS if you're looking it up, things like that. What Basically what it means is that highly sensitive people have um, uh, a chemical makeup in their brain that uh, allows them to be more sensitive to their environment. A really good way to describe this is the... Um, the moment in the movie Mulan, right? Where Mm -hmm. she touches the ground because she feels something coming and she says, we need to do said thing because I can feel it. And everyone's like looking at her like she's crazy because she's noticed something other people don't notice. That's Mm -hmm. a really great example of what it means to be a highly sensitive person. Um, There are some basic things. um, It sort of has an acronym does. It's not my favorite acronym, but I will spell it out for you. 
So the D actually stands for depth of processing. So the reason um, you have a higher depth of processing means you might be an overthinker. It might mean that you see some data and you process it for a really long time. It might mean that you are um, thinking about something that happened to you in 1985 and you now have a solution for it, right? Right? Like your depth of processing is much stronger. O stands for... um, overstimulation or overwhelm, right? So you're constantly overstimulated or it's easy to overstimulate you. Now, Mm -hmm. this can be um, overstimulation in the positive, meaning like I hear music and my whole body tingles and I come to tears, right? Or these could be things like when someone hugs me, it feels more um, stimulating than it would if, you know, it was a normal non-sensitive person. Um, But it also can mean that crowds or uh, any kind of stimulating things to your nervous system stimulate you more than a normal, than a non-sensitive person, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, now let's, let's be really clear too, that lots of people are sensitive in some way or the mm-hmm. other, right? And some people are going to have some sensitivities that are higher than others in different areas. Okay. Um, the E stands for empathic. Um, so if you are an empathic person, you um, obviously are picking up on the thoughts and feelings of others. You're picking up on their energies, things like that. You're going to be empathic in ways in your business where you like are noticing trends in the market. You're noticing things that are going on, all of those things. And you're going to use that information. So there's lots of great, wonderful things about being an empath. And there's also things that make empaths exhausted, stressed mm-hmm. out. which then stimulates you, which then causes sort of this. So it has this dichotomy of great and and sort of negative behaviors. And then the S stands for sensing of subtleties. So if you think about subtleties in terms of like, you're sitting at a table at a meeting and you notice a client makes an eye twitch and you're like, oh, and that tells you a whole story. Right. Mm-hmm. I, that is definitely me. I'll, I'll notice like just a change in the corner of their mouth or mm-hmm. things like that. And it tells me a whole story about what they're actually yeah. feeling. And then my empathic side kicks in and I know exactly what's going on. Right. And yeah. so these subtleties, it could be subtleties like a shift in the temperature in a room mm-hmm. or a shift in the light or mm-hmm. lots of different things. So in even subtleties in like the outdoors and nature, things like that, we can definitely sense sort of the universe shifting and the things that are going on. Like yesterday, it was very rainy here and it was mm-hmm. on and off rainy. And it was like, I just told my husband, I was like, I feel rainy. I'm like, I don't really know how to describe it to you. I feel rainy. It's rainy. I feel Mm -hmm. rainy, you know? And so, um, as you sort of discover your sensitivity, um, you will start to realize that, that, um, you have taken on traits or, uh, sort of ways of being that, um, are a result of your sensitivity, right? Mm -hmm. So you may already avoid crowds. For example, I Mm -hmm. don't like bars. I hate them. They don't work Mm -hmm. for me. It's like too many emotions, too much noise, too much yelling. I just, it's not enjoyable for me. And I Mm realized later these things that I have either avoided or sort of controlled my schedule around are Mm -hmm. likely a result of being highly sensitive. Sure. Um, So for me, uh, I was at the height of my business and, um, 
things were like really great financially. They were really great um, visibility wise. I was growing Mm -hmm. this business, but on the inside and sort of at home where nobody would see me behind closed doors, I was exhausted. I was exhausted. I was overstimulated. I felt exposed, like overexposed. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt sort of like... um, like I couldn't get out from underneath the thing that I had created. It was my own creation. Mm -hmm. I should have liked it. I should have been happy. Um, And I kept trying to create new things. Um, And that was when I sort of started, was also sort of starting my own spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. Um, And the spiritual journey really had me looking at all of these shadow things and all of my Mm -hmm. childhood stuff that I needed to bring up. Mm -hmm. And and when you start bringing all this stuff Mm -hmm. to the surface and drawing awareness to it, um, it really puts you in a different position to under understand yourself, right? It does. In a totally different way. Mm-hmm. So for me, HSP came to me after my spiritual journey um, was sort of like full in full swing. And then I'm walking through a library because through my spiritual journey, I looked how much I love to read, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm walking through the, through the bookstore and there's this book. This is the handbook for highly sensitive people. And I was like, Okay, so I picked it up and I was like at the because at this point I I had learned that I, you know, had prophetic style dreams and that you know I was communicating in my dreams and so I'm like okay, maybe this is a spiritual thing, mm-hmm. right? So I pick it up, there's a checklist of all of these like traits and I'm like mm-hmm. check 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 check. I mean it was like all the way mm-hmm. down and I was like okay, we're buying this book. So yeah. I got the book. I literally <laughs> read it in a day. Um, sitting out by our blow up pool with the kids, mm-hmm. I'm reading this book and I'm just like, my mouth is on the ground. So then I'm like, these are my kids. This is my husband. Like, this is my, mm-hmm. like, and these behaviors that I've had, the way that I ran my business, the things that exhausted me, it was like the whole light went on, like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh. And now, normally, like other people, I don't like labels. Labels bug mm-hmm. me, I, they make me feel like constricted like I have to, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny because a lot of HSP are we we see the gray areas and I always mm-hmm. said I'm just a gray person. I'm not like this or that. Mm-hmm. But HSP was the one label that I was like willingly going to adopt because it, it made everything else make sense. And at yeah. that point when I realized that it, what it was and how it made sense, it was like I I had no fear. I was like, this has got to be said. And then I started really digging into research and making the comparisons between HSP and business and Mm -hmm. what what HSPs and business look like. I worked in the creative industry. So Mm -hmm. um, in the creative space, like uh, creative entrepreneurs, I would say 50 to 60% of them are HSPs and they don't know it. Yeah. We talk about yeah. the same 10 subjects and those same 10 subjects are related to HSB. Mm-hmm. So um, it's been a really interesting place to come at business from this concept of being highly sensitive and mm-hmm. sort of resetting what it looks like to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's interesting because I can look at myself and like one of the things that I'm super sensitive around is noise and motion. And so what's ironic about that is that my child, my youngest, which is the only one we still have at home, he is 
constantly talking and moving and making noise. And so we've, I've had to put boundaries around it, you know, and I let him know, honey, okay, I, I need a break or I need some quiet time or something like that. He's like, Oh, okay. He's very respectful of that. And, you know, I've been very conscious around that. I feel like that helps me as a parent because knowing that I'm sensitive to it, I'm not blowing up at him because I get to a point where I can't handle anymore. I know that I'm like that. I know when I start to get up there and I'm like, okay, time to check out. (laughs) And I'm letting him know that it's, it's nothing that he's doing wrong. He's being himself and I want him to feel free to be himself. But I'm like, okay, I'm, I've had a lot of noise. I've had a lot of movement around me. And I've talked to him about the fact that I'm sensitive to that. And it makes me feel like a level of stress and that it's not anything bad that he's doing. It's just that I'm sensitive to a lot of that. And he's sensitive to um, like a lot of motion around him that he'll start to get dizzy, especially if he hasn't had enough water. And so I explain it like, Hey, it's the same type of thing, you know? And so I'll, I'll say, Hey, why don't you read a book for a little while? Or why don't you go, you know, watch a show for a little bit or something like that? Or I'll go lay down in my room for a little bit. And so it's like, he understands that it's not anything he's done wrong and he's not getting screamed at for it, but we're creating this, understanding acceptance and honoring around these are sensitivities and it's okay to have that, you know? And I think it's important because, um, you know, yeah, we're highly sensitive in our business and there's a lot of, um, really strong positives that go with that. Like what you're talking about, like you, you notice certain things and you're paying attention in ways that other people just don't. And that gives you an advantage in a lot of ways, right? It does. Absolutely. And the really valuable thing to like what you were just saying is that very first step in this whole Mm -hmm. conversation is awareness, right? Mm -hmm. It's drawing awareness to what it is, the ways in which you're affected. So, Mm -hmm. um, and we've seen now having talked to lots of highly sensitive entrepreneurs that people are sensitive in different ways. We know that we know that's a very common thing in the HSP community. Mm -hmm. One thing that might bother you might not bother someone else. Mm -hmm. You know, those are all based on experiences and sort of your own. For example, my husband has like supersonic hearing and I could like close myself into a box and never hear anything and just shut it all out, you know, like, so we have these very different ways of like coming at our approach to sensitivity. So Mm -hmm. the first thing in general is drawing awareness to it and figuring out what is the sensitivity and then looking at it and saying, oh, how do I use that in a positive way? Right. Mm -hmm. So I can say one of my sensitivities for sure is like intuition, right? So mm-hmm. most, um, most sensitive people are highly intuitive, right? Mm-hmm. That's where that, you know, like we notice things in spaces, we notice people's moods, we notice like we are very intuitive. And if I didn't use intuition in my work, I would be nothing, really, mm-hmm. I would be nothing. But that's how if I can get on a call with someone, and they'll explain something to me, and I might say what I hear you saying is, And I will say something that they have not said with their words, but they've said Mm -hmm. with their body or with their, Mm -hmm. you know, their tone or like, whatever. I'm like, yeah, how did you know that? And Mm -hmm. I was like, I didn't know it. You told me that. And they're like, no, I didn't. I'm like, 
Yeah, you did. You did. Mm -hmm. You did tell me that. And I think what Mm -hmm. it does is it really allows um, you to get to the core of some any any kind of issue within yourself or within your Mm -hmm. business much more quickly than you might have if you weren't sensitive to the things that were going on. Um, Yeah. In this in this way, it makes you a fabulous leader. It makes you a fabulous um, coach, consultant, um, mm-hmm. creative entrepreneur, um, all of those kinds of things where it requires that you're listening to someone else's needs and providing a product or an end mm-hmm. service that solves their problem. It makes you mm-hmm. excellent at those things. Um, mm-hmm. What it can do, though, is cause a whole lot of overwhelm in all the things that are required mm-hmm. of business owners. Yeah. No, that, that makes total sense. So if someone is listening to this and they're saying, Oh my God, this is totally me. (laughs) What are some things that they can do to take away the negative side effects of being highly sensitive in their business? Yeah. Um, I think that once you draw awareness to it, the, Mm -hmm. the second thing you've got to do is you've got to look at and say, um, what is working and what is not working immediately. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, okay. So I might say I was speaking internationally. I was traveling. I was doing all these things. I have this big community of people. Mm -hmm. What is working and what is not working inside Mm -hmm. of me? And I'm going, I'm feeling overexposed. I'm feeling Mm -hmm. like I can't breathe. I'm doing too. I felt felt like, Mm -hmm. you know how like your kid touches you too much in a day and you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. that was a lot of touching. Like, I felt like that, you know, I felt like it didn't seem to matter what I did. It was all good, but it was not really getting me closer to what I wanted. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And I think when you do that, you've got to draw awareness to what's working and what's not working and why it's not working and why it is working. Because Mm -hmm. what you'll actually see is you'll see this is working because it honors my sensitivities. Mm -hmm. This is working because it's the closest thing to the thing that makes me feel the most successful, or Mm -hmm. this isn't working because it's stretching me outside of the boundaries of what really feels right for Mm -hmm. me as a sensitive person. Right. Sure. Um, and I think that that step right there where you're sort of like realigning with your own sensitivities really allows you to sort of throw away. It's like a declutter phase, sort of, Mm -hmm. you're going to throw away all the things that aren't working. Like Mm -hmm. you're just going to say, yeah, that doesn't work. And you know what? There are some things in business you have to do. Like you're going to have to file your taxes, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. real life, but you don't have to necessarily be the person that drives the financial strategy of your business. Mm -hmm. You could hire an accountant or a coach Mm -hmm. or, you know, so there are ways that you can honor your sensitivity while maintaining some of the things in your business. Right. For example, I used to feel responsible to post to social media every single day, like live, because Mm -hmm. I felt like that was the way that I could tap into the feelings of Mm -hmm. my community and the feelings of my, and like, I can't show up every day. I can't mm-hmm. show up in that way every single day. I need yeah. time to just go into my own space and use my brain to go inside and think of the things I need to think of, work on myself. And so I took that off my plate almost immediately. Has anything yeah. changed on my social media? Not really. I mean, yeah. I closed my community and maybe I'm not reaching as many people, but the point is I'm reaching the people that matter. Want to learn more about Productive Flow and connect with other business owners and salespeople on the same journey? 
then go join our free Facebook group at ProductiveFlowGroup.com. It's free, and you'll also get access to special content and resources. See you inside the group. You know, and that's that's a good example. And I have, over the last year, really expanded my own team simply because there were certain things that I realized I could do them, but they weren't things that I wanted to be doing. It's not where I felt like... I, I come from the real estate industry. So one of the first things they teach you is the term HABU, H-A-B-U, which is highest and best use. And so the value of a property can go up based on what its highest and best use is, specifically around commercial property or, or vacant land, right? Right. And so um, I always think in terms of my own time as what is the highest and best use of my time? Where do I shine versus where do I not? <laughs> And, and that's not just about what I do best so much as what I feel best doing, because there's plenty of things like writing that I'm good at. It's just not what I enjoy doing the most. Right. Yeah. Especially like social media posts. Like if I'm going to write, I like to write like a lot, like a book, something like that is good. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to just writing social media posts and copy for the website, like, I don't want to do it. So Mm -hmm. um, really expanding out the team. And so like, for instance, social media, uh, you know, one of the things that I did was hire someone who kind of manages that process. So she has gone through all of my content and selected out specific topics and said, here is a list of a bunch of topics. I want you to write something around those posts And I'm like, okay, so I kind of give her a story around each of these posts that relates to me, my business, what I do, how I'm helping people. And then she takes that, formulates it into posts, and then puts that into different groups and post places and things like that. And then I don't have to. And so what I found is that my engagement has actually increased because someone is driving the content and the content machine and doing it consistently where I wouldn't because it just wasn't my favorite thing to do. So that just makes it so much easier. And so I think that, um, you know, anytime you can start to add to your team members, and, and even if it's just, you know, somebody that you're paying a small amount to as a virtual assistant, sometimes taking them up on what they do best Mm. enables you to spend more time with your energy free so that you can be creative and do more of what you do best and what you enjoy the doing. The other thing too is like, we put ourselves in this position where we, even if we don't want to add team members or if you, mm-hmm. or we put ourselves in a position where we think if we created it, we must maintain it. And we're, mm-hmm. we're afraid, we think that we stop maintaining it, we're quitters. Or we think that, you know, and so I, one of the main things that we talk about during a reset process is it's okay to quit. 
Like it's mm-hmm. okay to say, I'm done. I'm done with that yeah. thing. It's no longer serving my greatest mm-hmm. good. It is not who I am anymore. It doesn't align with my sensitivities and say, I'm done. And you can stop half your offers today if you wanted to, right? Mm-hmm. You can close that group. You can stop serving those people if you want, and you can mm-hmm. realign your life to whatever it is you want. So I know because I added team members to keep up with the thing I created, mm-hmm. and that didn't solve the problem either because mm-hmm. that wasn't the problem. The problem was me, right? Yeah. So I needed to fix these things inside of me and restructure, recreate a business or realign a business with offers and things that I do that specifically mm-hmm. work with my level of sensitivity. Um, yeah. And so at that point, you look at things and you say, is this even needed anymore? Do I need to do this yeah. anymore? And it, yeah. it, do I outsource it, for example, mm-hmm. or do, or does, do I even need to do this? You know, like, yeah. do I need to post on every single thing? Do I need to use this tool? Do mm-hmm. I need to pay for this um, other coaching thing that I'm involved mm-hmm. in because it will bring me customers. Like you just really need to look at like, what is it exactly that I need to feel fulfilled? And when yeah. you can understand what peace looks like for you, what inner peace mm-hmm. looks like, then whatever you create, regardless of what it is, it just comes out of you in such a positive way that it, you don't, yeah. it doesn't feel like as much work. <laughs> um, and yeah. you know I used to work till three in the morning. It was not Mm. uncommon that I would um, work until six and then do Mm -hmm. family things, get everyone in bed, crawl in bed myself and work another. Mm -hmm. I was working ridiculous amounts of time, ignoring my home, ignoring my kids when I could and, you know, all kinds of things just to get you know, so much produced and I was producing, but at the end of the day, was it really getting anywhere if I was trading it for my own inner peace? Um, Yeah. And so we have to look at it from that perspective. I still do almost all of the same things I used to do. I just Mm. do them differently. I maybe will work six hours in a day instead of, you know, 12 hours or whatever. And that Mm -hmm. has to be enough. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't answer my emails right away. I'll give myself a day or two to think about them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, I was a serial achiever. I'll Mm -hmm. fully admit my serial achievement (laughs) and HSPs tend to swing sort of one way or the other. They're sort of the bell of the ball or they're sort of the wallflower. They kind of tend to swing. Um, And I was a serial achiever. So uh, for me, one of the best practices is slowing down and saying it's okay to not right? Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't have to do that thing. It's okay to wait and not answer an email today or not mm-hmm. answer a DM or not answer yeah. a phone call and say, it's okay to give myself time to think fully and respond. Allow yeah. the, you know, allow the processing that I'm going to do to be as deep as it wants to be, and then move on to the best next um, answer or yeah. uh, choice or whatever. So I used to say, I have an idea and produce it within the week. Oh, that's a great yeah. idea. Let's move forward with it. And then I'd have yeah. it done. And I'd be like, wow, how did you get that done? And then it would be four weeks later. I was like, why did I do that? I, didn't, I don't really want yeah. to Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's interesting. That's really common. I see that a lot with entrepreneurs and it's sort of this, um, you know, part of that shiny object syndrome. And sometimes a shiny object is not something that we saw outside of ourselves. Sometimes it's something that was an idea that popped in our head and we're like, that's amazing. I'm going to go do that right now. And we like stop everything else we're doing 
And then we go full steam ahead on this new thing. And then, like you said, a week, two weeks later, we're like, why did I do that? Why? What was I even that in like two or three <laughs> weeks later, if you let it percolate, it just gets better. Nine times out of mm-hmm. 10 for me, the idea gets better. It fills mm-hmm. itself out. Then if I yeah. just produced it at the first, at the forefront, it would be helpful. Mm-hmm. It would be useful. Um, but then if I continue to let it go deeper and deeper and give mm-hmm. it some time, you know, that's where I can sp- sort of swing that pendulum back into taking some wallflower time and -hmm. just like chilling on the wall for a while before I produce it. And then when I produce it, it's much more thought out. It's much more. And sometimes I've dropped things. I've like, I want to do this. I'll put it on my to-do list and then I'll let it go a couple of weeks. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. nah, that's not really where I want to go. And it allows me to not have as much clutter in my business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Really, really does. And I know that's going to align with a lot of people who are listening to this and thinking, you know, that they want to improve their productivity. And this is a good way to focus on that and understand where a lot of that clutter can come from. And, and, you know, that it is okay to let it go. And that, you know, I know there's a lot of, um, sometimes these feelings of failure or we're going to disappoint someone or let somebody down. And this is really about focusing on not giving from an empty cup. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and figuring day, out what it is. By that not letting need. someone else down, you let yourself down. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, yeah. And that's really where I was operating from. I was mm-hmm. okay with letting myself down so many times that mm-hmm. I, you know, um, that because I was serving someone else mm-hmm. and at that, at that point, you're not serving anyone. Right. So there's mm-hmm. a, like you said, the empty cup versus the overflowing cup. And yeah. so now I sort of look at it from the perspective of like, I gotta, I gotta take care of me first. Mm-hmm. When I, when I take care of me, then I can take care of other people. Mm-hmm. And, I, and from that place is where I produce something, right. Mm-hmm. Even, even small things for me, like making myself lunch. I realize that mm-hmm. sounds silly, but like, you know, when you've got kids and they go off to school and you've got only this much amount of time, it was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to work barrel through my day. I'll eat when they get home at four or something. Oh and so, yeah, no. Yeah. But I'm just saying for me, it was like, oh, this is how this is this yeah. entrepreneurship, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. I would like, give me a bag of chips or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would sacrifice, right. I would deprive mm-hmm. myself while I was feeding my company. And, yeah. um, you know, I learned things that are deprived cannot thrive, right? Like that's right. Mm-hmm. You can't. And so if you are consistently depriving yourself or your business or the your sensitivities, first and mm-hmm. foremost, everything around you can't thrive. It might look like it's thriving, but it's really yeah. rotten on the inside. Yeah. And that's that's where a lot of um, entrepreneurs get to that spot where they're so overwhelmed that they just shut down. And that's where they see a lot of inconsistency in their income as well as their productivity is because they're going through these cycles, right? Because they're depriving themselves for so long that eventually they just falter. They're, they're shutting down. They can't function like that anymore. And then they're like this recovery time before they're able to amp back up and get back into that, that level of workload that they've put themselves into, but they're still going through a kind of a a deprive and then recover, deprive and then recover Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, putting themselves into a consistent 
mode of thriving. So yeah. I think that's really, really relevant. I used to call it the crash. So I would mm-hmm. like have these like, and some days it would be like a crash from my family, a crash from everything. Mm-hmm. And I would like close everything, turn my phones off, close the shirt, close the shades and curtains mm-hmm. and watch TV. And then by the end of the day, I'd feel guilty that I had rest. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you mm-hmm. never really actually rest because then you get up and you push harder the next day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is just who I am. I just can work for three weeks and then I have to crash. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is not, this is not healthy or yeah. but I didn't learn those things until later when I realized that the habits were unhealthy. Right. Yeah. And exactly. At that point it was like, okay, we can fix this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay, great. So let me um, ask you where, because I know there's so many people right now that are saying, yep, that's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. Tell us about the services, programs, whatever you offer to help support people who are sensitive CEOs. What, yeah. what can they, what can they do with you? The first thing you want to do is head to our website and take the quiz. That will tell you where you are on the scale of sensitivity. Mm -hmm. Our quiz is specifically for entrepreneurs. It's just my name, kellydob.com backslash quiz. Um, If you are wanting to dig further into HSP as as your personality trait, you can also take quizzes on hsperson.com and that will help you see the personality trait side of it. So those are a really Mm -hmm. good balanced way to do it. From there then, and we have a couple of places where you can find us. Um, we have a reset center. This is like our library and gathering space for other highly sensitive entrepreneurs. There's about um, a little over 200 entrepreneurs that kind of chill mm-hmm. in that space. Um, and there's stocked full of resources and interviews and mm-hmm. um, content. And we do um, seasonal challenges and all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. specifically related to highly sensitive entrepreneurship. Um, mm-hmm. And then also the next step is to work directly with me for a reset session. So Mm -hmm. what we would be doing is working on resetting you, something in your business or your life. Um, It can be something very specific. Now, we talked a lot about resets being like a total blow up, like blow your Mm -hmm. business up. But resets really can be five seconds. Like, yeah you know, clear the mental energy, mm-hmm. you know, I'm an energy medicine person. So like you're clearing that space, you're resetting. It can be something as simple as a quick reset. It could be quick mm-hmm. reset, like one day, one hour, you know, you could be looking at things in a totally different way. When you take the idea of like, I'm feeling out of alignment and instead of pushing through stopping and just taking a reset. So our yeah. clients will say, I want to blow up my business. Or they might say, I really need to fix this offer. It's not working. Mm-hmm. It could be something yeah. very small or it could be something very big, or I don't actually know what's wrong. I just know yeah. something needs to yeah. be reset. Something's and then off. we can yeah. evaluate it from that place. So just really depends on where you're at in your business. Um, I don't ever want people to think that because I blew everything up. You have to blow everything up. You don't. I hope you don't, you know, Um, (laughs) like I really hope you don't. Um, Mm -hmm. And you can actually just take some small steps towards a much better, more peaceful um, experience with your business. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's wonderful. Well, good. Thank you so much, Kelly, for being here and for sharing all of this. I know so many people are saying, oh my gosh, this is so me. And they're already over on your website, taking the quiz. So thank you so much for sharing this with us. And for those of you um, interested in all the stuff that we are doing, 
We have uh, go to productiveflow.com. We have our new program is getting ready to launch out. And I'm excited about our next cohort. So be sure to jump on there and look for that. All right. So until next time, thank you so much. And we will see you again soon. Thanks for listening. And especially thank you for sharing the show and leaving a review on iTunes. Every time you share the show, you are potentially changing someone's life. Want to learn more about Productive Flow and connect with other business owners and salespeople on the same journey? Then go join our free Facebook group at ProductiveFlowGroup.com. It's free and you'll also get access to special content and resources. Now, stay tuned for the next episode of Productive Flow.